0: Hi, my name is McKenna and I'm an artist. This show is my own creative project where I confront and unpack what it means to be an artist through having honest conversations. Today for my first episode, it's just gonna be me, which is fitting because the topic of today's episode is self-sabotage. And who better to speak on this topic than the self? Hi. um, Welcome to my show. My name is McKenna, and I wanted to start a project that was based around the idea of creativity and creative fear, um, which is something that I, as a creative, really deal with, um, and I think a lot of creatives can relate to, though I don't see enough people really talking about it, um, and the ways that we can, like, work through that and combat it. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to kind of open up the conversation here, um, and be a little vulnerable about my own experience with self-doubt, and, um, specifically today we're going to be talking about self-sabotage, um, which is something that I know Every artist does at some point. (laughs) Um, Yeah, this is a little bit of a kind of a meta project, if you will, Um, because, you know, in and of itself, this is a creative project. Like Making a podcast is a creative project, but it's about creativity and it's about confronting and unpacking creative fear, my own creative fear, Um, and... Through it being a creative project, all of those issues that I deal with are going to be triggered. So it's kind of the perfect storm for me right now. Um, And I was talking to my therapist a few months ago and, um, you know, talking to her about my struggle with the fear of being seen, um, doubting myself, being vulnerable, all of those things that kind of being an artist requires of a person. And I mentioned that I wanted to start a podcast. And she immediately was like, well, you know that, like, making a podcast and publicly speaking would kind of cure you of all of these things. And then I told her what the podcast was about, and she was like, oh, so you're doing this. So actually you don't have a choice anymore. Like, this is your assignment, and as your doctor, I actually am requiring you to do this. <laughs> so, thank you, Jasmine. Shout out. Uh, thank you for cornering me and forcing me into this. Before we get started here, I do want to say that I'm not here necessarily to g- give advice or offer solutions. Um, I'm kind of just here to ask questions, and... Um, have open and honest conversations with other creatives about kind of the nature of being a creative person and all of the kind of inner ter- turmoil that that can create. Because um, it's hard. It's hard to show up and and uh, make things and uh, put them out into the world and be like, hey, <laughs> I made this. And sometimes people are going to be like, hey, that sucks. And you're going to be like, great, thank you so much. Um, and then you do it again, you know. And um, other times you're going to make something and then a few years later you're going to look at that and be like, wow, that sucks. <laughs> and, and that thing is just immortalized, you know. Um, or, you know, maybe you are a singer, but you suffer from really intense stage fright. You know, how do you work through that? How do you continue to show up on stage? So, yeah, these are the conversations that I'm really interested in having. Um, a, a lot of it is is for me. I I want to get better at, at showing up and making things without judging myself so hard or, or worrying about being cringe or wh- whatever. And uh, I want to figure out how to do that better. And, you know, uh, maybe you do too and, um, if this helps you, awesome. Um, I've always been really fascinated by the kind of concept of creativity itself as sort of this separate entity. Um, I think there's a sort of mysticism involved in the creative experience, um, and, um, I'm very fascinated by kind of what happens to a person when they enter into that state of creative flow. Um, so that's, that's kind of a whole thing that I, I want to get into more as well. And um, I think that, like, creativity is so inherent to human beings. Like, as a human race, we've been making silly little paintings on cave walls since the beginning of time, you know? Like, it's so inherent to us. And yet we complicate it so much for ourselves. Um, I don't really know a lot of people who are just fully uninhibited with their creativity. And I I, I know a few people, or at least they they put on a good front of being uninhibited. Um, But most people I know who are artists just really struggle with, um, you know, consistently... uh, showing up for the with their art um and you know why why is that why is it that creativity is so inherent to us and at the same time so hard so yeah i mean it like i said it requires you to be really vulnerable um really authentic really brave face judgment from other people um those are all really scary things for the the, a normal person's nervous system (laughs) So whether you are a, an actor or a singer or a dancer or um, a painter or a writer, whatever it is that you do, um, you are all welcome here. And um, if you take something away from these conversations, then that is yours to keep, babe. Um, I guess I will kind of start by sharing my story. Um, I am 25. I grew up in San Diego, California, and I live in LA now. Um, I've lived in LA for officially one year, um, and this whole last year, I've just kind of dealt with a lot of that <laughs> really intense creative fear. Um, you know, moving to a city that is so saturated with other artists has been kind of a blessing and a curse, which I'll, I'll get into that later, but um, kind of... Going back to my my origin story, I grew up in San Diego, um, very artistic family. My mom is a vocalist, my dad is a guitar player, my parents have had a band my whole life, um, my grandfather was a, a incredible pianist um, and a music teacher at my mom's high school. Um, so music and creativity is very much in my blood, which is something I've come to realize is a really big privilege. Um, I think um, a lot of people don't realize the impact of having parents that encouraged and fostered their children's creativity. Um, And I definitely had that. My parents really encouraged me to... Just, like, d- do anything that I wanted to do, whether it was painting or drawing or dancing or acting or whatever, um, you know, both my parents were really right there behind me with that. And and they didn't have a lot of money, but the money that they did have, they put into me. And that has really um, informed the type of career path that I've chosen and the talents that I have now as an adult but yeah as a child I kind of just wanted to do everything um I really loved to draw and write stories and sing um and when I was seven I started uh taking piano lessons um when I was nine I started dancing and that was kind of my first love um and I danced all through high school and, uh, that really, I, I had really intense stage fright as a child. I really didn't like being the center of attention, um, but that kind of helped me, um, kind of get out in front of people, but be with a group. I think that's, uh, that was really beneficial for me, having, like, a, a team around me. Um, and then shortly thereafter, I started doing theater, which, if you've ever met me, kind of makes a lot of sense, um. <laughs> I, yeah, I did a lot of shows in high school, which, um, it was kind of where I kind of met my, like, primary group of friends, um, and I had this whole dream of being on Broadway someday, um, which I haven't necessarily let go of, I think I've just kind of focused on other things, but, um, I do intend on coming back to theater, um, pretty soon, hopefully, um, so... Yeah, that that was kind of those were kind of my first loves was, uh, you know, dancing and and theater Um, somewhere in there. I also picked up one of my dad's guitars one day and kind of just taught myself to play. Um, And then around the time that I graduated high school, I started writing music, which I had always like, you know, loved to play covers of other people's music. Um, but I'd never really seen myself as a writer, so that was another really significant shift for me, um, as an artist. And, um, kind of simultaneously around that time, um, I also started, I graduated high school and then I got my first job. I started working as a performer for a theme park, and I did that for, like, seven years. Um, and that was best job I've ever had, so much fun, made, like, all of my closest adult friends, um, that I still have to this day, and, uh, yeah, I miss it every day. (laughs) Um, throughout that time, kind of just kept writing music on my own, and, um, during the pandemic, I kind of had this whole creative breakdown. I, right before the pandemic, I, like, tried to move to L.A., and become a songwriter and like do the whole thing and i didn't have enough money i was super scared i was just like not prepared on any on any front i was i was 20 i just i didn't even know how to like live on my own period um but then kind of like throw in everything else that i was experiencing on top of that um and i was it just all crumbled <laughs> and um that was for the best um and when the pandemic hit um about a year later um i was still kind of just feeling this whole mess of emotions about my relationship with songwriting and performing specifically um and so i ran away from it and i started going to school um you know, conveniently, it was the pandemic, so I couldn't perform. Um, So I kind of got to run away. And I started going to school for music business because I had convinced myself that if I could do something that was kind of like in the same room as being an artist, I would be fulfilled, Um, which was literally just me lying to myself. (laughs) But, you know, through studying music business, I obviously learned a lot about uh, songwriting and, and uh, all of those things. I don't regret any of it. Um, but, uh, you know, eventually I kind of realized what was going on and it happened through, um, me getting an internship with a music manager in LA, which is why I ended up moving to LA a year ago. And, um, literally like two weeks into it, I was like, bruh, what am I doing? (laughs) And I quit. (laughs) Um, this feels like a good point to bring up this um, piece of a a book that I found called Turning Pro by Stephen Pressfield. Um, and he talks about the idea of the shadow career. Um, and he says, Sometimes when we're terrified of embracing our true calling, we'll pursue a shadow calling instead. The shadow career is a metaphor for our real career. Its shape is similar, its contours feel tantalizingly the same. But a shadow career entails no real risk. If we fail at a shadow career, the consequences are meaningless to us. Are you pursuing a shadow career? Are you getting your PhD in Elizabethan Studies because you're afraid to write the tragedies and comedies you know you have inside you? Are you living the drugs and booze half of the musician's life without actually writing the music? Are you working in a support capacity for an innovator because you're afraid to risk being an innovator yourself? If you're dissatisfied with your current life, ask yourself what your current life is a metaphor for. That metaphor will point you toward your true calling. And uh, yeah, that's exactly what I was doing. Um, So I quit. And I spent a couple weeks uh, feeling sorry for myself and, you know, being like, wow, um, I really ran away from everything I wanted to do for so long and now I don't even really know what I want to do, um, and conveniently I happened to move in with a songwriter, um, and shout out Hannah, Hannah, my, my roommate, my brother, um, she, like, basically dragged me to the studio one day and, uh, was like, bitch, you're gonna write music with me, (laughs) and I was like, okay, um, and I'm so grateful for that because it really reminded me, like, oh, yeah, this is what I came here to do, like, here as in LA, but also, like, here here, um, so, yeah, that kind of gave me a lot of clarity, and, um, over the last year that I've been living in LA, I've kind of been writing, with Hannah, and um, also writing for myself again, and, um, you know, working on my own album that I want to put out at some point. Um, But yeah, my relationship with artistry has always been weird, because I never really wanted the, like, big artist career, and I don't think I really realized that you... or maybe I did want it. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I am just like, again, like running away from it and lying to myself out of fear. I don't, I haven't fully addressed that one yet. Um, but I didn't realize for a long time that you can just be a songwriter, um, and like write for other people or, or, you know, you can just put out an album and not like, you know, be, market it so much that, like, you are trying to build a big fan base, like, you can just make things, you know, that's so that's allowed, um, I didn't know that, <laughs> so, yeah, um, over the last year, I've been kind of working on that, um, and, uh, you know, like I said before, I, I, I also really miss performing and, um, want to get back into acting and, and doing theater and stuff like that, so, you know, I, I have a lot of fingers and a lot of pies, but um, I want to find a way to do all of them. I, I am like a multifaceted creative and I like that about myself. And I don't want to like change that or, or, you know, give up something just so that I can specialize at one thing. Um, there's something I posted on my Instagram story the other day about this. Um, this is from Amy Mcnee um, she goes by inspired to write on Instagram, um, but she talked about, uh, like, the, the multifaceted creative, and she was saying that there are too many artists painfully letting go of creative or even non-creative hobbies in the name of improvement through specialization. Your art practice is always. If you want, your entire life can be a devotion to your creative practice. There is no time wasted. Please let yourself be a fully expansive and expressed human being with multiple creative outlets. Please know that they all inform each other, and the weird way you knit jumpers can be translated into the weird way you take photos. Your voice is your essence, and it will spill into everything you do. So true. I love that. But yeah, I I want to do a full episode on that topic at another time, but um yeah, I kinda I, I wanna just like let myself be all of it. I want to let my kind of inner child that wanted to draw and act and dance and paint and write and play the piano and all of those things, um, I I want her to live in me now. And, um, I think I'm finally figuring out how to do that, which has been really freeing for me. But, you know, at the same time, I'm still dealing with a lot of, um, creative block that I'm having to unpack, and uh, one of those things, which is the kind of topic of today's episode, is self-sabotage. Um, I think every artist does this. Every person does this at some point, unless you are some kind of uh, overly productive freak. Um, <laughs> Which, by the way, it's like super okay and like actually really necessary to rest um and I don't think we allow ourselves to do that enough in as it as a society um there's a lot of uh pressure to just like work 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 and and produce things all the time um and I think that really contributes to burnout which then means that we are more prone to self-sabotage and uh, of not being as creative as we could be because we're so tired. Um, so I, I try to give myself grace for that because there's a lot of comparison that happens, um, especially living in a city like LA um, where, you know, I, I, there is this, like, hustle that everyone's got. Um, and it's really easy to feel like you're not doing enough, um, which then means that, like, at least for me, I can tend to feel kind of, um, defeated by that, and then it kind of creates this, uh, kind of, uh, dangerous cycle for me of then, like, not even really trying to take steps because I already feel like I'm losing, so, um, yeah, (laughs) which is not real, like, success especially as a creative is is all subjective it's it's what you make it mean um there's no like linear timeline to to success as an artist so um yeah it's just all bullshit um but but yeah they, i mean at the same time at the same time there are ways that i do find myself, like, actively self-sabotaging, and it's always, always, always tied to fear. Um, like, I've noticed that I've had this habit of, um, whenever a, a creative idea comes to me that feels a little scary or daunting, and I don't really know how to make it work, I will just start scrolling on my phone. I'll, like, avoid it. I'll run away from it. <laughs> Maybe I'll write it down and save it for la- later, but instead of, like, taking action on it, I'll just start scrolling. Um, and some I- I've noticed that that is literally me giving my energy away to other things and other people. Um, and so I've kind of deleted a lot of my social media recently, um, especially TikTok, that's been really good for me, is just simply not being on there. (laughs) So, um, if you need to do that, that might help. Um, but yeah, that, that was a way that I, I self-sabotaged for a long time. Um, this podcast, I had this idea literally a full year ago. A full year ago, I recorded the, the, the first episode, um, that I, I still want to release. Um, it was with a friend of mine, and, um, Yeah, I've actually recorded this episode already, like, four months ago, um, and was really critical of myself, and it's really hard to, like, hear your voice back, um, on recordings, as we all know, um, so, yeah, I was kind of experiencing this, like, cringe at myself, um, that I hated, so yeah, I've definitely kind of taken my sweet time putting this out. Um, and part of that is my perfectionism, and another part of that is, again, just my self-sabotage, my, my fear of showing up, and my, um, desire to just kind of run away, um, from that fear. And, uh, I'm trying to not do that. So, um, yeah. Um, oh, going back to the other thing I was saying about, about, um, burnout, um, I think when we allow ourselves to, like, actively rest, like, really take time to, like, truly rest, um, we are able to then show up fully in our work and in our creativity. And uh, I've started doing that recently, and um, it's really made a difference for me. Um, so uh, definitely taking time to really just, like, shut down. And not do anything is one of the most productive things that you can do. Um, Another thing I've really struggled with um, that has contributed to my own self-sabotage is giving myself permission to be bad at things. (laughs) Um, You have to give yourself permission to be bad or at least mediocre at something when you first start. And I don't think I've given myself that grace a lot in my life in general. Um, so, you know, especially with, like, this podcast, um, I've never done this before. This is, (laughs) this is my first rodeo. Um, so, you know, I have to also be nice to myself during this process. And, um, you know, if that means that I... (sighs) have to re-record something because I'm really not happy with it the first time, then, like, fine, so be it. But I do have to draw a line after a certain point and be like, okay, this is good enough. This is good enough, and I can let it go. And that is a hard practice when you have perfectionist tendencies. Um, so then the the kind of self-sabotage comes in, in the, like, you know, I'm not allowed to be bad at this. So... Why try it all? Um, and uh, I think, you know, I've just had to really, like, get real with myself about that. Because <laughs> <laughs> being bad at things is, like, unavoidable in this life. Um, especially when you first start something, you're not going to be perfect. And that is just the name of the game. And that's okay. Something I've really learned from that tendency that I have to run away when things either get scary or, you know, I'm, I'm uh, afraid of being imperfect or whatever, um, is that at the end of the day, running away creates this really deep sense of both self-resentment and unfulfillment. And um, that is way harder to live with than the fear of starting something or finishing something and putting it out into the world. And, um, I don't know, I would rather make my podcast or make my album and perform and risk messing up in front of people sometimes than get stuck in this loop of getting frozen out of fear of starting something or being seen trying, um, or being cringe, um, And I I don't know, I think starting is really hard, and finishing things is really hard. Um, But the irony is that once you start consistently showing up imperfectly, it's a lot easier to keep going and ride that momentum. So my goal for this year is to allow myself to be bad at things when I first start, but to actually finish the things that I start as well. Because that has been a challenge for a lot of my life. It's very hard for me to finish projects. I think um, I can also really tend to struggle and and self-sabotage with... Specifically with self-driven projects. Because the only person I have to show up for is myself. Like, as a performer, when I book a show, I disappear off the face of the earth. Because I have other people relying on me and paying me. Um... And that pressure is really helpful, but, like, I don't want to always operate under the pressure of someone else relying on me in order to motivate me, you know? Like, I want to rely on myself and show up for myself. I was recently having a conversation with my friend Jordan, who is a songwriter, and a a very organized one. And, um, I was asking him, how do you do it? (laughs) And, um, you know, we were kind of unpacking all of my uh, disorganization and my, um, you know, uh, tendency to not uh, hold myself accountable. And uh, he said to me, would it be fair to say that your aversion to making your own deadlines and holding yourself accountable to yourself is because of this fear of truly existing in all of your potential? And I was like, bingo. <laughs> yeah. It's like, say, using the the album example, if I hold myself accountable to certain deadlines, like, I'm gonna have this many songs done by this amount of time, uh, or, you know, the album is gonna be out by this date, um, and I don't push it back at all, and I get everything done in time, then that means the album has to come out. (laughs) That means I don't get to run away anymore, um, and also, you know, then it, it means that I have to also evolve, uh, into a new, a new person in a way who is ready to take on whatever having that thing out in the world will bring into my life. And it's really scary to think about existing in that fullness of my own potential. Um, there's a safety in staying stuck. Um, and that that's something that I have been aware of for a long time, but not really been willing to face. Um, until recently. We're trying. We're, we're trying to take steps. Um, I also recently came across this idea that keeping promises to yourself is the number one way to build confidence and self-trust. And that was a really, really big realization for me last year of being like, Oh, every time I don't follow through with something that I say I'm going to do, I lose a little bit of trust in myself. And ultimately, I'm doing my self-confidence no favors in running away. Um, And I had a a conversation with my therapist again in in October, kind of leading into the conversation about the podcast, um, wherein I, I realized that I don't think I really trusted myself, which, like, as a human being was a really hard thing to realize and admit And I just kept thinking about how my whole life I really struggled with doing the things that I said I would do and keeping promises to myself and like how I would keep a promise to someone else no matter what, but I had not always given myself that same respect. And at the end of the day, I'm really the only person I have. So that should be a priority. Um, and something I've been doing that's been really helping me with that is um, literally just doing the things that I say I'm going to do. Um, it's a good, actually, New Year's resolution to have if you if you want to do that. Instead of, you know, setting a specific goal um, or uh, a bunch of goals or whatever, your, your big goal can be just to do the things that you say you're going to do. Um, and start small. Just start keeping small promises to yourself. Like, you know, you say you're going to get up at a certain time, then do that. Get up. Um, if you say that you are going to, you know, get home and and clean your room instead of sitting on your phone, then clean your room. Like, just do the thing that you tell yourself you're going to do. Keep that promise to yourself. And you will start to notice your brain starting to rewire and also your, your confidence in yourself starting to grow and your trust in yourself starting to grow. Um, so yeah, th- that's been really, really helpful for me. Another thing I struggle with is just feeling like I don't have enough time. Um, which kind of goes back to, you know what I was talking about before with like burnout, um, which is you know, a result of this, working class capitalist lifestyle um that so many of us are trapped in and um i don't know after a long day of working doing whatever i don't always want to give the rest of my energy to my creative projects which is really like sad <laughs> you know that that is the trap that we've created for ourselves but you know especially if what you spent the whole day doing in order to make money if it is not the thing that you're super passionate about then it becomes extra hard to like actually want to put the remainder of your energy into your book or your screenplay or whatever after you just like bust tables all day or like answered emails or whatever and there's no shame in that you know like it's not entirely our fault it is a trap Um, and you, you do what you gotta do. Um, but it, it is, it is a, a vicious cycle. One of the things that I end up doing when I'm really overwhelmed with work, um, is I'll kind of just, like, turn off the faucet of creativity, um, it's, yeah, it's my defense mechanism, because if I can kind of control, feel like I can control the creative ideas that are coming in, then I don't get overwhelmed or feel torn by, like, the fact that, you know, I'm trapped at work, but I just had this, like, great lyric come into my head, and I can't write it down, so I'll kind of mentally just, like, turn off the faucet, and, like, I'm not letting anything come through, um, which I did for a couple months while I was adjusting to my new day job after i moved up here and i did it for two years during the pandemic i literally think that i wrote like one or two songs that entire period of time and interestingly enough that wasn't because of like a lack of time or a lack of things to write about even i had quite literally all the time in the world but Back then I was dealing with some really intense family stuff, while also running away from a lot of my creative fear that had hit me full force right before the pandemic happened. And so I literally just, I turned off the faucet and I played video games with my boyfriend at the time. And, I don't know, I think everything can be a part of the process, and I think a part of me did really need that time to kind of rest and heal a lot of things. But at the same time, like, I could have still been making stuff, and I think I really wanted to, but I let the limbo and the anxiety that came with that period of time just kind of take over. And I froze, as did a lot of people, and that's okay. Um, But I think ultimately I want to get to a point where I'm, like, not so afraid of having that faucet running, And I'm willing to be taking in the things that I'm experiencing and then pouring those experiences back out into my creativity instead of just kind of like, I don't know, blindly going throughout my day without engaging with creativity because I feel like I don't have enough time for it. Do you know what I mean? I think even when it feels inconvenient to be creative, life becomes more magical when you are open to allowing that in even when you're like busy and i don't want to run from that magic but at the like at the same time it is really valid that you know we all get really easily overwhelmed by just day-to-day living of life and you know for me it's like i let the the laundry pile up and the car get messy which is also one of the big reasons i struggle with creative consistency and actually getting anything off the ground Um, and on one hand, I don't think this is fully self-sabotage. I think that this is, unfortunately, a result of, again, like, the kind of society that we live in that requires you to work most days of the week and leaves you just completely burnt out at the end of it, and sometimes we do prioritize the, the little meaningless tasks that build up over our art, I think because it's easier to just handle those and feel mildly productive than to make a little time every day to work on your project that you care about that feels kind of impossible to accomplish. Um, okay, I had a couple more things I want to bring up before we wrap up, but um, one of them I kind of already touched on, but I want to go into detail a little bit more. One person on TikTok named Jess Atridge made a video saying that the reason that you self-sabotage is because it allows you to predict what's going to happen which gives you an illusion of control over your pain. And then goes on to say that even when you hate your life, there is something that you gain from staying the same. So in order to resolve this and up-level in our lives, we need to get curious about the part of ourselves that we are trying to protect through self-sabotaging. So I've been thinking a little bit about what part of me I'm trying to protect through not you know, uh, pursuing fully my creative dreams. Um, I think it's kind of evolved over time. I can look back at certain periods of my life and be like, oh yeah, like, you know, I was, uh, scared of moving to a new city. I was scared of, you know, leaving San Diego and moving to LA because, um, it was unfamiliar. And, um, you know, my whole, my home life, my, my, my parents, my friends, everyone were, were down there and um you know as much as i kind of felt like i wasn't growing anymore i was able to predict again like what my life would look like down there and not being able to predict what would happen if i moved was scary um i think in terms of music i my music is kind of inherently vulnerable and I'm also a perfectionist with it. It's never good enough, which is like a whole other a whole other episode that I'm gonna do. Um, but the vulnerability aspect of it is really scary for me. Um, to kind of like hand everyone I know a page of my diary essentially. Um, and while it's it's been like a long time coming that I've wanted to make an album at the same time. There is something that I gain from not putting that out into the world. Um, I think it is sort of like a... I'm protecting myself from judgment. Um, I don't really care if people like my music or not, because I've just... I don't know, I made peace with the idea that, like, music taste is so subjective. And that doesn't matter. That part of it doesn't matter. As long as I like the music and it, you know, speaks to whoever it's meant to speak to, that's, that's the point. Um, but I think the vulnerable nature of it, I do gain, um, sort of, like, a a privacy and, like, a peace of mind from, like, not having people, like, knowing that much about me, and it's not like I'm name-dropping anyone or I'm, like, you know, really telling my story with context but it's still it's still like a very personal part of my life that I'm putting into something and sharing with people um and you know when I don't do that I don't have to I don't have to talk about it I don't have to explain it to anyone which like you still don't have to do you can just put out a song and like not explain what it's about and not you don't owe anyone like an explanation but it's still I don't know, it feels easier to not, but at the same time, like that if if that's been my calling for so long and I felt that want to do that, it's it hurts me more in the long run to not do it. So that's something I have to remind myself. I also think one of the main reasons that creatives can tend to self-sabotage is because of self-doubt and imposter syndrome. um which is a really, really common struggle, and it's really easy to, like, let that little voice um, that comes up and says, hey, so, uh, you're not good enough, and you'll never be good enough, and everything you make is garbage. Like, run the show. And I think when we do let it run the show, we usually end up in that place of then being like, well then I'm just not even going to try. Because if I can control and predict my own failure, then at least I'm not risking the humiliation of having actually tried and failed. And I think it's really important to remember when that voice speaks that it is a liar. It's trying to protect us from the unknown, but it is not telling the truth. And it's really imperative to then remind ourselves of all the times that voice spoke up and was wrong and then just keep going and like every single creative person i guarantee you suffers from self-doubt i know this Your, i promise you your creative hero has experienced and will continue to experience self-doubt and i know this to be true because i believe that self-doubt and the creative mind actually go hand in hand, and that we shouldn't try to fully separate them, because that's... I don't think it's fully realistic, Um, and that we should rather try to find a way to help them coexist, because the self-doubt is part of it, and the only real challenge to any creative, I think, is to find new ways to not give in to that voice. And if possible, make friends with that voice. I think um, to conclude here, making art is so unserious. And this is not to say that we shouldn't take our work seriously or that creativity is unimportant. I wouldn't be sitting here if I felt that way. <laughs> However, I don't think it needs to be so heavy. This is supposed to be fun, you know? This is what we love to do. So, go paint that cave wall, babe. Um, I'm gonna wrap up this episode. Um, I'm gonna be ending every episode with me and the guest sharing a piece of art that has inspired us recently or really just, like, stuck with us, um, little show-and-tell section. So today I'm gonna recommend, um, it's very appropriate, it's probably my favorite book, and, uh, it's called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, um, and it has changed my life in so many ways. But yeah, it's, um, just a whole book on kind of, uh, literally creative living beyond fear. It's the description of the book. Um, and also kind of the, the mysticism and the spirituality of creativity as well, if that's something that interests you. So, yeah, definitely read it. It will change your life. Um, thank you so much for listening to this first episode. Um, please follow and subscribe and all of that. I will have more episodes out with, with guests next time. So, yeah, definitely, um, stick around for that alrighty goodbye I'm an Artist is created and produced by me theme music is also by me and cover art is by Colby Kasaka if you enjoy this show please follow and share it all of my links will be in the description and for now I will probably be putting out about one episode per month and then we'll kind of go from there but yeah until then We'll talk to you later, bye.